Hello and welcome back to Novelty. Two things to say. Number one, if you're listening to this beautiful soundtrack and it reminds you of a certain artist, then I'm very glad you got to listen to this person's music. It was amazing. Secondly, uh, I have a TikTok now, so if you'd like to follow that, that would be really helpful to interact with people who actually listen to me uh, through, I don't know, DMs or comments or however TikTok works. Thank you very much. Breathe well, sleep well, and enjoy listening to How School ruined Macbeth and all things Shakespeare for me. Adios. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. So, for context, a few days ago, I was reflecting about my time in secondary school, and around that stage of my life is when I was really interested in reading books. And then I realised... How can I have been so interested in reading books, even though I deeply resented the English lessons that we had? So I started thinking about what we learned in those lessons. And we learned Macbeth, another book that's kind of irrelevant, and a whole bunch of poems that are too many to discuss. So I thought I need to talk about Macbeth and our English lessons and why I think the education system failed us in terms of getting interested in literature. So I need someone in order to do that, in order to delve into that. I need a partner, I need a guest, and someone that you've definitely heard before, the enchanting Egyptian Etta. Thank you very much for being here, Etta. (laughs) Thank you very much. Yeah, so I'm Etta. I study literature um, at a university. Yes, so she has special (laughs) expertise. (laughs) Yes, um, and I am a very good friend of Alana's. Yes, she is a very, very good friend. We've been in the same class since year seven in every single mm-hmm. English class together. So yeah. you have both the um, recollection of our lessons together, but also the expertise in studying English Lit at university. And you can help us investigate why we are taught literature so mm-hmm. badly, in my opinion, anyway. Well, to begin, I need to ask you a question, an icebreaker and the reason mm-hmm. why this question links to this episode is because in Macbeth we have Hamasha, the fatal flaw, right? Mm-hmm. So to turn it a bit more optimistic, rather, what flaws do you have, Etta, that you're most proud of? Ooh, that's a really good question and one that I need to be thinking about more often. I think sometimes... Well, not sometimes, a lot of the time I really overthink a lot of social situations and a lot of my own, like my own character a lot and what I've been through a lot. And that can be negative in that I end up thinking a lot about what other people think about me, what they believe about me. And I've started trying to put that on on the back burner because it's not healthy. But at the same time, um, when I've been through something bad, I've realised that I can actually think through a lot of the reasons why I'm going through that. And whenever I've... (laughs) whenever I've been to counselling or I've been to people who I need to talk to about my problems so that they can get me help they've always said oh Etta you're so so self-aware you're so self-aware and that word seemed like an irritation at the time because obviously I needed help and it wasn't helpful to tell me that I know what I'm going through because I didn't but at the same time I've realised that actually by overthinking that in like yeah overthinking is a bit of a you know. No, it's just mm. for um, but, context. You had air quotes up as if you could see that. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> I, I realised that I'm talking, so that wasn't helpful. <laughs> um, but yeah, 
um, overthinking has allowed me to maybe like understand myself a lot better throughout the years. So whereas maybe five or six years ago, I was really insecure. Now I can think through that and think of the reasons why that was the case instead of blaming myself for a lot of things that I really didn't need to. So yeah, yeah, that's really good. It's like for metaphor sake, as we're talking about mm-hmm. literature, say you had like a maths question. It's better that at mm-hmm. least at the very least you understand what the question is asking and then exactly. from there you can actually problem solve rather than not understanding anything. And the fact that you understand yourself, I guess, yeah. is one step and makes it easier for your counsellors or people who need to help you for you to yeah. help yourself, if that makes sense. Um, exactly, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, for myself, mine is similar. I think I overthink. <laughs> mm-hmm. And when I overthink, <laughs> it means that I have a lot of thoughts in my brain. But I realise by overthinking, I tend to have lots of realisations that I'm not sure other people have. Or I feel mm. like that helps my creativity in doing games with episodes or just naturally investigating yeah. my own psyche and my personality traits. And mm. alternatively, I've seen people who don't think at all. So you realise there is lots of advantages of actually overthinking. Yeah, so that yeah. is my flaw that I'm most proud of. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. So we need to summarise. Okay, uh, I mm-hmm. went on Goodreads to get the summary so you kind of know what it's about. If you don't know what it's about, um, maybe you didn't study, study it in school. So I'm just going to read a quick two-paragraph summary about what it's generally about. And then me and Etta are going to try and summarise it from what we remember from English Lit three years ago. This is the Goodreads summary. One night on the heath, the brave and respected general Macbeth encounters three witches who foretell that he will become king of Scotland. At first sceptical, he's urged on by the ruthless single-minded ambitions of Lady Macbeth, who suffers none of her husband's doubt. But seeing the prophecy through to the bloody end leaves them both spiralling into paranoia, tyranny, madness and murder. This shocking tragedy, a violent caution to those seeking power for its own sake, is, to this day, one of Shakespeare's most popular and influential masterpieces. Okay, now's the time for me and Etta to summarise the plot of Macbeth. And Etta will be going first for 45 seconds and then I will be going for the last 45 seconds. In total, it will be one minute, 30 seconds summary of Macbeth by William Shakespeare. Okay, five, four, three, two, one. Etta, go. Okay, three witches on a heath tell Macbeth that he'll become king. He doesn't believe it, goes home. His ruthless wife says, yeah, let's do it, let's do it. So he, Macbeth hallucinates a dagger, goes and kills the king. Um, and then, yeah, so eventually what happens is um, he go, he, Macbeth is really insecure about his power. He goes to the witches <laughs> again um, and they basically tell him that, first of all, he won't need to worry about being taken over until the forest that's outside the castle wall starts walking towards the castle so he's like oh i'm fine and then um he's also told that um basically his best friend banquo's um like children and like like lineage will inherit the throne so macbeth becomes really paranoid um lures his best friend into the forest where some random like contract killers kill him but his son escapes so that yeah so that's still in danger and then yeah, Lady Macbeth, who has yeah been really ruthless, um, grows mad, kills herself, 
Okay, Alana, do you want to take over a little bit? Yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> okay, she she dies. Oh shit! No, Etta, you need to help me. I forgot. I forgot. I forgot. I don't remember. Macbeth dies. Macbeth. Okay. Macbeth, Macbeth kills him. Macbeth. Macbeth kills Macbeth. Macduff yes. was not born for woman. He was born by C-section. He kills Macbeth. Everything's good. Elaine Macbeth kills herself. Everything's good. Um, Malcolm, Duncan's son, he, the king's son, ends up being king, I think. Yes. That's good enough. Okay. That's good enough. Okay. That's, that was so though. shit. <laughs> that was so <laughs> terrible. <laughs> it's fine. Um, but, like, one thing, though, is that I forgot to say that one of the other prophecies the witches gave um, Macbeth is that none of women born shall harm Macbeth so he's like oh I'm invincible I'm immortal but Macduff who's the person who eventually ends up killing him had a cesarean dun 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 which apparently means he's not a woman born because obviously yeah cesarean Um, so yeah exactly so I don't understand that but anyway um so he basically shows up in this final duel and they yeah he gets killed that was so bad we we definitely went over time but you know what that was (laughs) Horrible. I'm sorry. <laughs> but you, you know what? Last time, no, I can't even say anything. No, it was bad. But you know what? I think if you want a better summary, you can just Google it. It's so well known. You can get probably get like yeah, a quick exactly. one minute summary on YouTube. Spot notes. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, it's just a good tragedy. So your protagonist yeah. is going to die. And then the mm-hmm. whole meaning behind it is don't be too greedy. That's about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the first question here is just why the fuck was this so boring in secondary school? <laughs> oh my gosh. We were at school at 8.30, which to me now, looking back, it was unfathomable. Mm-hmm. And then one hour mm-hmm. Macbeth, one hour Pigeon English, that other book we had to read. And then one hour mm-hmm. the other anthology. And we had double lessons that were two hours long. I and we know. had to sit there, no breaks in between. Oh my gosh. Tell me, Etta, if you felt what was wrong, how we were taught. I I think I tried I tried so many times to like enjoy it. Yeah, you did. You and I realized <laughs> I tried. But the problem I think that there was just so much being told that this was an excellent work of literature and then just being asked to write like peel paragraphs mm. about certain random aspects of the play. Yeah. Um and like time paragraphs, time by the time we got to GCSEs it was obviously just timed essays, timed everything. Um and just like being put on the spot, I think our teacher interrogated us, literally interrogated mm. us, um, went randomly around the classroom, um, nitpicking for details. Um, so there was just a lot of being put on the spot, a lot of being told that it was amazing because Shakespeare, you know, but without being shown how amazing it was because mm. spending so much time nitpicking for details and like writing kind of really boring exam answers throughout the whole time. Yeah, it was just... I felt like we were taught to hunt for things rather than appreciate the whole piece. We had to search for symbols, search for personification, search for metaphors, similes. And once we have all of those, we can just bullshit our way. I think, especially with how the actual qualification getting like 9 to 1, the GCSE, I think to get the best grade, you just have to to be able to bullshit your way through the most. You don't actually have to understand anything. Just make it sound good hit the mark scheme points Mm -hmm. and then make sure in like the highest band and then you're fine. I feel like we just lost so much appreciation 
of it because I was reading like the other like summaries and I realized if you translated that into like a modern day mystery thriller or do they even have tragedies in modern day but I don't know I feel like it would just be there like, are, a normal, but... like okay a modern day tragedy it would have been mm-hmm. interesting but then it's just like we never got that you know why because yeah. we were just first of all, we didn't understand there was definitely a language barrier of course and then after that oh, definitely. it was just a bit too much it felt like it was just an obligation it didn't feel like it was an yeah. actual interest-based lesson at all well yeah i guess with just the way english is taught you're taught to like meet the mark scheme or like i found that with education in general you're taught to meet the mark scheme and like find things that will help you meet the mark scheme and basically bullshit your way through until you reach maybe uni where that's harder to do and then you struggle but you always find a way to do that and that means you don't actually get to enjoy anything properly because you're constantly treating it as something that you just have to like hunt through to find like random details so but how was it in pre or A-level for you? Was there any difference in the way it was taught at that point? Um, hmm. I'm trying to think back now because my brain has erased a lot of, <laughs> of lessons. Um, I think, I mean, we would read through like a scene and then we'd discuss it and try and th- um, answer questions that were more based on like character or like theme but it was a bit it was still a bit kind of the best way to bullshit your way through even those lessons let alone the actual like exam was to just find a technique and then make some point up about how it linked a theme or how it demonstrated that x character is power seeking or something Mm. um and then those were the points that you got like praise from the teacher or like a good mark in an essay for. Um, So it was, it did still feel like that. And people who didn't understand that often didn't do as well or weren't treated as well by the teacher because of that. So if you're, if you're, if you're in that situation, you quickly work out what to do to be able to, to get those marks. Um, So it was still a lot like that, but I feel like that it was slightly more enjoyable, Mm. mainly because of the people surrounding me in the class, because we had fun with it. Like we tried our best. Um, My English class was quite funny. So there were lots of jokes that made it worthwhile. Mm. But yeah, the actual subject was a struggle. I think also a big difference that GCSE, or both GCSE and A-level are compulsory. However, for A-level, you get to choose your subjects. Whereas you yeah, see there's exactly. a set, like, compulsory ones you have to do, one of them being English. Now, if you're mm-hmm. picking English A-level, supposedly you are, you are meant to, like, enjoy it. So I assume that people in your class would actually yeah. would be enjoying the subject. But also, another thing that I was thinking about, when I was speaking to someone else who did art A-level, um, and I, I tend to think that, you know, literature is a form of art, but however, it's, you know, written mm-hmm. down. And she told me the one thing she always got pissed off about when she was doing her art pieces was that she constantly mm-hmm. had to like annotate her portfolio or like her art book or uh-huh. her art pieces and then she said why is that always have to defend why I do this certain certain stroke or certain choice of color why can't it be yeah. because I just wanted to and I feel like um, if we sort of reverse it in the way that we study literature you're always trying to find a meaning in everything where something just mm-hmm. simply had no meaning I find that yeah, exactly. right now, with the way that we were taught it, we were just constantly hunting for meaning when, in fact, it could possibly be that it doesn't have to be understood. And I think we have to yeah, 
I don't know why teachers were so annoyed when you just said like you were confused or like you understand it. I know I understand the point where we have to try and that also came off as lazy since we were teenagers. But I feel like it's quite, it's okay. It's not okay just to be confused by a piece of literature and just accept it at that. Mm. What's, what's your thoughts? Yeah. Okay, well, an example of this is a play I hated at A-level. Um, it was called The Birthday Party mm. and it was a modernist play. It had no meaning. It was a collection of random bullshit. It was just an author sat down one day and thought, I'm going to write some nonsense and yeah. put it into a play. What's it about? And that's meant Sorry. to be like... What's it about? It's about... Oh, I don't even remember. It's this guy and he's he's living in this house where like he rents this house like and the landlady's like in love with him, even though he's kind of old enough to be her son. <laughs> but like literally nothing happens. It's it, it like descends into nonsense so quickly. So there's no meaning. The author himself said there's no meaning to be found here. And yet we spent hours, absolute hours, poured into finding meaning in this yeah. stupid little play that really pissed me off, mainly because the whole point is that there was not meant to be meaning. Yeah. So that was where I struggled the most because when we were told to write essays about why a certain character did X or why this scene is important, it literally means nothing. Yeah. Like they, the stuff that happens is is like completely meaningless completely arbitrary and it doesn't make sense and we were told to find meaning and write essays about this in an exam maybe that was the point of like the author maybe he was like maybe he did on purpose like he said there's no meaning and then maybe he thought that of course these people who are like the consumers are going to try and find meaning because people always try to fight for meaning when in fact it's just futile there's no point like he probably just like planned it like these little fuckers are probably going to try and analyse my shit for nothing or nonsense and watch these people go on a wild goose chase for Mm -hmm. no fucking reason because this is how they work. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. I didn't like the play in itself. Now I would be fine with. I was annoyed at it at the time because we had to do this meaningless, like this hunt for meaning that didn't make sense in this case. And I don't know why it was put on the syllabus as something we had to write essays about because there was no meaning. So it was it was like utterly pointless. Um, and I, I just thought like, wow, if the author could see us today, he would just be like, hmm these little shits <laughs> yeah. i think they can find reading in my play um but yeah so I, the play itself was actually like quite interesting but at the same time when you try and find meaning in something that's literally meant to be meaningless then i just see a problem there and that's why i hated it or hated the lessons yeah. so much not completely understandable it reminds me of like yeah. um i guess the self-help era and it's like mm-hmm. you know victor Frankel. i hope that's his name like you know that guy who wrote man's search for meaning and that's like a um it's a book about this guy who is in um a concentration camp and he escaped oh, and okay. i think his like almost his whole family died but then he was able to make and make a new family is a weird way of phrasing it but he was able to move on okay and he wrote a book about how he found meaning in his life and i Ooh. feel like that and um a lot of other self books self-help books are trying to get people to understand or find meaning when I feel like we should just accept that there might not yeah. be any meaning. It's mm-hmm. like, um, alternatively, a good book that does that may, um, is, I think, The Soul Art of Not Giving a Fuck. It's like, it's basically oh, like yeah. a stoic adjacent book where he just says, like, mm-hmm. there's no there's no point in dwelling on things, just move on. And, yeah. you know, there are only a few things you should care about. Just don't care about everything. It's not that deep. Uh, yeah exactly sort of reminds me of that like we're always trying to find meaning and so people go Mm -hmm. to self-help books people overanalyze things 
and when we realize that maybe there isn't and we should just accept that maybe we don't have all the answers there another question i have regarding this and how we were taught why shakespeare this is a big question i know a lot of people love shakespeare but why shakespeare do you think (sighs) okay so i go to a university which is perhaps quite traditional And, like, anyway, in terms of, like, how English is studied throughout education in the UK, it's basically that a bunch of old white men at one stage, probably in the Victorian times, decided that certain authors were worth studying and that they were the greatest authors ever to be seen by mankind. Mm. And there was a lot of... I mean, I'm not going to... I think that people see this argument and they think, oh, just the, like just the snowflakes again like having a rant Mm. but it's actually true (laughs) like and it annoys me because people now even teachers now they don't they don't give their reasons for enjoying something apart from this is the greatest author this is you know part of the canon this is something that should be studied and that those things are slightly being interrogated now Shakespeare used to be a compulsory option um for to study at uni- at my university and now it's optional but I, I still chose it because I do enjoy it but at the same time how are you meant to work out what you enjoy when you're put in a system that tells you that these things are meant to be enjoyed and that you mm-hmm. should enjoy them yeah um so I think that there's a lot of things that are still hanging over from when someone decided or a group of people or a level of society has decided hundreds of years ago this is what should be studied and it's just stayed for some reason yeah and a lot of these traditions they shouldn't happen like there are there should be more diversity out there like there are so many authors who we have not studied Mm. and that we should be studying instead of just being forced to choose this one author who for some reason is excellent for some reason is great I just I always found myself thinking why is this so good? Why why are we being told to study this? Because no one gives us that explanation. It's just like, okay, it's on the curriculum. Yeah. That's just what we have to do. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But I'm not I'm not trusting it. <laughs> that makes sense. I like that you sort of thought that, like why are we studying this? Why it is so good? Um, because yeah. alternatively, I guess if you would see it from both sides, they have to say, mm-hmm. like, you know, Shakespeare's timeless, Shakespeare's the greatest, and we think, they why do, is it so but- and at least you're going to the effort to try and, try and find it, um, whether you find yeah. the answer or not. And I guess that's good to have. But another thing that I was thinking about in regards to Shakespeare and his plays and maybe other plays that people might be doing in school mm-hmm. is that I don't think that they should be saying that un- that we're analysing plays. You know why? Because I don't yeah. think we're not analysing plays, but analysing scripts. No, no, no. Because we don't mm-hmm. ever really see the play. I think we watched the movie of Macbeth. I don't think we actually saw like a good actual play of it we never really got yeah. to it you know i still to this day don't really appreciate iambic pentameter like they made it seem so important yeah. but i didn't appreciate it. you know why because i never really heard it all they did to your face mm-hmm. was the dun the dun the dun the dun the dun okay thank you thank <laughs> you for saying that thank you very much yeah but yes, I thought, that doesn't mean anything to me that doesn't mean yeah. anything to me thank you very much the only thing i would write i would write about is that oh the witches spoke in a different one, which is like tetrameter yeah. or something like that. Trachaic tetrameter. Thank yeah. you very much. And it's like, uh, thank you very much. You gave me a point to write down, but I'm not going to appreciate it. You know why? Because I never really heard <laughs> yeah. it. What I saw were words on a page that I barely understood. Yeah. And that's all I got. We analysed a script. We didn't. We never really analysed a play. But what are your thoughts you on know, that? Well, one thing, it's slightly similar, I guess. One of the things I thought of is that 
Do you remember we studied like Othello in year eight? Did we ever yeah. actually read the play? Because all I remember is getting given a huge summary. Yeah. The font was so small and it was like a double-sided A4 sheet filled with the summary. And we got the abridged version. We didn't even get the actual like the actual Shakespearean stuff. We got other stuff. And I guess that their reasoning was that, oh, year eight students won't understand it, which yeah. is very fair. And to be honest, I appreciate that. But at the same time, what's the point in doing this play if we're not actually, first of all, not even reading the actual script mm-hmm. we're just being given a basic summary and the second point is how are we meant to like view something in its entirety if we're not actually seeing the play um i guess the only thing i'd say about that is that every play when it's put on stage will be slightly different mm. because the director has creative license over what he does so he can choose what he shows visually on stage there could be like Banquo's ghost could just appear every single scene mm. and follow Macbeth around behind him, either without him realising or with Macbeth looking at him. So there are so many different things that could happen. But at the same time, it's still important to actually see the play mm. in its entirety. And you know what? Those creative links could be very like interesting to explore and think about why is the written text like why does it not show this um or why has the director chosen to do that so yeah yeah your point is very good because it gives the it gives the director's agency to do what they want with the script but at the same time i still say we analyze the script yeah (laughs) i actually don't remember seeing we never saw the play we saw the movie and i think it's the one that had that guy from um what's it called star trek star trek I thought it was um, yeah. the Marvel one, the Marvel version of Star Trek. Oh, well... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know yeah, that's, that's accurate. Um, X-Men. Yeah, that's it. Both. He was in both. Yeah, the um, X-Men guy. Patrick Stewart. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what was his name in, in X-Men? I'm trying to think. Professor X? Remember. Professor X, thank you bold guy. very much. Sorry. Yeah, bold guy. Yeah, yeah, Thank you. Mm-hmm. I was just... It was annoying me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do think that in year eight, had we being given just a modern day play that was perhaps easier to understand. Like people were raving mm-hmm. about um, the inspector cause. I feel like we could, yeah, we could, we could have easily done that in year eight. So I don't know why we were doing fucking Othello. What I remember I is um, it has something to do with jealousy. That's it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's literally all I remember. I don't know the like plot properly mm. um, or anything. So... Okay, so for this part of the podcast, I really want to debate with you why Shakespeare should or should not be taught in schools. And I texted you about a week ago asking you, mm-hmm. do you think Shakespeare should be taught in schools? You said no. And I said that you're going to have to debate the reverse. So why it should be taught in schools. Mm-hmm. Right? So you, your house believes that Shakespeare should be taught in schools. And we will begin the debate right now. Should I begin or should you begin? I will begin. Because you look upset. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so one of the arguments I always see, or at least when I was on Reddit, I saw, that um, Shakespeare should be taught is that Shakespeare is timeless. He has great messages. And that's very fascinating. But I don't think it's a really good argument for why it should be studied forcefully now. Okay, sure, it's relevant. Thank you for its relevance, but you know what else is relevant? Stuff that were written in the past century, other things by people of maybe colour more relevant to, you know, things that are happening, you know, quite recently. That would be quite interesting to study. What do you think? 
Um, well, to answer that, I'm going to say that I think even though, yes, of course, there are authors now who will have things that are more relevant to say, I think that the fact that there is someone who in the 1600s, well, in the time, <laughs> ages ago, who had who wrote things that still resonate to some extent now is a testament to how like important it is to study, to see that, you know, the ancient people, not ancient, but people who were back in the 1600s weren't irrelevant. They they aren't just old, fusty people. Um, and you can still see things that are relevant today. And that is not something that should be like excluded. Like, of course, you should study things now. But maybe also, if you take a glance back and you think, OK, all these old people, they didn't know anything about today. And you just pick up pick up some Shakespeare and then read it. And eventually, after working through it and struggling a lot, you might see how those links happen and how actually it's something that's so like fascinating to some people, how like it's still like there are, the plot arcs still have resonance today. So I think arguably this might be a very shit argument, mm. but I doubt it. Right. So from what? I take from Shakespeare's plays, basically not only evidence mm-hmm. being Macbeth, is that many of its meshes have to do with big themes, so greed, power, mm-hmm. and a jealousy, rage. But those existed probably till the you know dawn of time. So oh, yeah. how about just have another play that would also have relevant stuff from the dawn of time and different other big themes that probably will translate mm-hmm. and still be relevant, you know? I think I think diversity is obviously important. And I think that that should never be undermined. And I think that Shakespeare's been given such a huge focus that it's hard to see anymore why people are still arguing for keeping that in. But the problem is that throughout time, there have been so many authors and yes, they will vary with quality. Shakespeare has always stood out as being someone who, even though like maybe other playwrights were writing similar things and probably even the same plays, just differently worded. Shakespeare actually was an excellent writer who managed to, first of all, find new words, although actually that's been doubted, so don't don't use that as a main argument because <laughs> not all of the words he came up with, just saying, um, but also worked together language, worked together stories in a way that hasn't really been seen to a huge extent before. Like There were excellent playwrights, but the way that he worked things together was slightly different. And I think that the way that he managed to do that is slightly more vibrant and the characters slightly more full, filled out mm. than a lot of other plays at the time, which were quite, can be read as maybe quite simplistic or quite, you know, like there's always evidence in Shakespeare that the plot arcs are being undermined or that character traits are not fully set in stone, that there's evidence that, you know, multiple, like that a character believes multiple things or is slightly mm. like doubtful. So... I think that that's something to bear in mind, but at the same time, it should not be seen as like a central focus. Of course, other things should be studied and also other old stuff should be brought forward. Um, But it is important to keep in mind that good quality is important as well. I think that alternatively, um, if he is such good quality, right? Mm -hmm. Supposedly, why is it, we've never been shown what isn't good quality and that you know proves that mm-hmm. it's such good quality why is it it's just Shakespeare 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 so good so nice 
but then I haven't mm-hmm. seen another play and then people say, oh, that's so shit. Like, why can't they just... And it defend themselves, these Shakespeare people. Yeah. No, that's that's a very valid point and I think that that isn't done enough. No one's given the ability to themselves say 100%. Shakespeare's better than this other playwright that I have read at the same time who I don't really like. Um, and I think that I'm only getting a chance to do that personally now at mm. university because I'm studying a different paper that's not... Like, Shakespeare gets his own paper still, which is mad, but, I mean, he wrote a lot. But <laughs> I'm only getting now the chance to do another paper, which is playwrights of the same time and poets of the same time and, like, philosophers of the same time. So I'm only now starting to get a glimpse into other writers and, like, thinking about how they compare. And I still don't know what the hell I'm doing, but that should be a thing that everyone's given the opportunity to do instead of just being told, this one person has great quality writing Mm. um, and, like, there's no one else. So you should... I think everyone needs to be given the opportunity to do that if they they so wish. If they don't give a a shit about it, then fair enough, move on. But it should be given a chance. So I completely agree with you on that. Oh, well, thank you. Does that mean I've won? <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I just, I think, of, I don't like arguments. I, I, I'm aware I've been put on the side that's arguing against what I believe. But at the same time, I don't believe in arguing for the sake of arguing. When there's mm. a good point made, then so be it. And yeah. I think that, that like, that's a problem with studying Shakespeare is that it's never, people who are so for Shakespeare, as you said, don't ever give a chance to see anything else around, like for anyone to see anything apart from Shakespeare. And I think that that's a problem. So and it, so, I don't believe in arguing for something, arguing for those people who are closed-minded. Mm. I think that it's important to keep an open mind mm. and make sure that Shakespeare is not eclipsing everyone else, but at the same time that it's, you know people at least consider him still as something that's worthy of study. Good. That's a very good point that you've made. I've got a separate point. Maybe the final point mm-hmm. is that it's more. This will be more of a discussion point, but also a, a rebuttal to your argument. Mm-hmm. Is that a uh, problem, a general problem, in my opinion, with studying Shakespeare, is mm. that the way he wrote, so the actual syntax and language, yeah. is extremely different to how we speak today. Yeah. Why the fuck are we reading shit that we can't really like understand, <laughs> and we have to use a fucking dictionary or Google to find a translated version? Why are we studying this if we can't understand it without someone else's help? I mean, why do you study Spanish then if you can't understand something? Oh, no, fuck off. No, don't, don't do that. <laughs> no, no. That's what I meant. To this nah. day, to this day, I can, I can go to someone else, okay? And I can speak to them. Okay. I'm not going to speak to someone in Shakespearean um, Spanish. No, of course not. All right? Don't try it. Okay. <laughs> don't try it. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying that that argument is very similar to that. But anyway, that's not my real point. My real point would be that we're not given the support we need to actually understand it without having to refer to Google, without having to refer to, like, help. We're not given the support we need just being told, OK, understand this, and if you don't understand this, you're dumb somehow, you're stupid if you don't understand what this what's written here. It's old, it's old language, it's not old English, it's old language, and it's difficult to understand. But the problem is that, like, when you eventually understand it, it's something that is worth studying. When you eventually understand, everything starts fitting together. You won't understand everything. You don't have to understand every single little word that he uses that somehow means something or, you know, as long as, like, have a good annotated edition. That's all that's needed to be able to start piecing together what's happening. And, like, once you get more used to it, 
like with anything once you get more used to it then it starts fitting together and you actually like can appreciate it but at the same time I don't that's why I um I think that there should be more support given to people to actually understand what's happening Mm. and maybe not such not from such an early age because that just terrifies people you know what I have an example for this this is moving away slightly but um I went to see a Shakespeare play like a couple of I don't even know like a month ago or something because my friend was performing in it and you know what there was someone Mm. in the audience it was a very small audience someone had brought their children they're like they looked like seven or eight or something they're a bit older maybe like 10 or something they they, there were like two or three kids they looked so confused so baffled they didn't understand what was going on and even the song and dance scenes that I guess were meant to be like (laughs) oh family friendly they had no idea what was going on and they were so confused and you know what I was thinking I was thinking those children are going to get into school and see the word Shakespeare and be traumatised because they're going to think back to that example of where they didn't understand what the hell was going on and be very confused. Um, But that shouldn't be what it's about. And, like, you know what? Maybe reading a plot summary of Othello in year eight was something that was maybe slightly more accessible. But, I mean, we shouldn't have been analysing it. But at the same time, I think that it's still important to study it or if you wish, but it should be in a way that maybe you don't get thrown straight into a play. You maybe slightly come to terms with what the actual syntax is doing and break it apart slightly more to be able to understand. Um, but yeah, I think it's still, it's still like the overall picture is still worth studying. Um, and it's like with like the whole dead languages argument for why you shouldn't study Latin or Greek. There is so much literature written in the same vein that will you know is important to read or like at least if you're interested in it will be will uncover fascinating things that you can like analyze or like read or understand i don't know mm. but i think i think yeah it's still worth considering so yeah okay that's an interesting argument thank you for debating with me Atta. so we have concluded no that shakespeare is a very important guy with a lot of um impact and power in our modern day language with the phrases that he has invented Alternatively, when he wrote his plays, the language is very different and very difficult to understand. However, once we understand it, we sort of break away and we see a bit more of the literature that we are analysing. At the same time, it was basically a dead white guy's, you know, plays Mm -hmm. from a very long time ago. And maybe it should be taught in correspondence with other literature from people from different backgrounds who would also have good plays and also be comparable to Shakespeare either through themes or at the very least maybe the same sort of time frame however we're not really shown mm. that because Shakespeare is the star of the show and hopefully or maybe this will change okay no problem so game time Ooh. okay I've got a game for you Etta it's a very simple okay. game because I couldn't really think of anything deeply creative for Shakespeare and it's called okay. Shakespeare or fake Shakespeare. So what I'm going to do is tell you a series of quotations and you're going to tell me if they are Shakespeare or they, or are they fake Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. And you, an extra <laughs> bonus point if you guess what play it's from. Okay. Oh God. Mm-hmm. Lord help us. Don't worry, you're doing English <laughs> lit, so don't worry about it. <laughs> oh um, no, don't use that argument. <laughs> um... <laughs> Quotation number one. Methinks the lady doth protest too much. No, why are you doing this to me? 
Um, I'm gonna say, oh no, oh, I'm gonna say it's not Shakespeare. Oh no, am I wrong? <laughs> no, you're correct. It's not Shakespeare. Oh okay. Great. In fact, um, the trick was that the it's from Hamlet technically, but the actual quotation goes: "The, the lady doth protest too much, methinks." The methinks uh, was swapped around. I was gonna try and trick you with that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's why I do, I've just heard people like still now saying that. Like obviously people who are of a certain type of people. Yeah. But at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, certain type of people. A certain type of people, like you didn't just quote Shakespeare randomly. That's why I doubted it was Shakespeare, just because it seemed like a kind of like, I don't know. Ugh, I I don't even know. Anyway, thank you. Mm, okay. Bubble, bubble, toil and travel. No, that is not Shakespeare because it's double, double, toil and trouble. <laughs> How did you get that? I thought you wouldn't notice. <laughs> no, I I remember now. I remember because I thought it was bubble for ages because we did. Did I tell you how we did Macbeth graphic novels in primary school? No, but OK. Tell me about that. Yeah, um, we just we we all like dressed up or like not dressed up. We had like random props mm. and then. Like we we took photos of the different scenes and put them together in like a comic slash you graphic, did Macbeth graphic in novel primary thing. school. Yes, I know. This is how early <laughs> they were trying to do it. They were trying to force it on us. But to be fair, graphic novel was fun. Everyone was like, "Oh, fun!" Like, yeah, we get to go outside and actually like take photos and shit. So everyone was fine. But anyway, um, yeah. But I remember it was bubble at that point. And then when I got into secondary school, I read the thing and I was so disappointed because I was like, "Why is it not bubble? Bubbles are cool." So anyway, um, yes. Okay. So Bubble Bubble <laughs> Toil and Trouble comes from the script of the Disney film DuckTales, which includes that quotation. And it's often misquoted for, you know, okay. the three witches, Double Double, Toil and Trouble, Fire Burn That's and amazing. Cauldron Bubble. I love that. Yeah, it's chanted by the three witches. Okay. Quotation number three. Tres. If music be the food of love, play on. My instinct is Romeo and Juliet, and it's Shakespeare. But you're gonna, it's not going to be Shakespeare, is it? You tell me. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. Is it Shakespeare? Yes, it is Shakespeare. Well done. Said Thank sarcastically. you. Okay. okay. Um, it's from Twelfth Night, actually. I actually really like oh, that quotation. Yeah, so, yeah. Sounds nice. Quattro. I will wear my heart upon my sleeve. Um... Huh. Hmm. I'm gonna. Ooh, that's so difficult. That sounded sarcastic. It wasn't. It wasn't sarcastic. Um, <laughs> wear my heart upon my sleeve. That I feel like that's the kind of bullshit that people will then say. Oh yeah, Shakespeare came up with that originally. But I'm gonna say it's not Shakespeare. Wrong. It is Shakespeare. Oh, it's fuck. Oh, okay. Fine. Fine for her, fine. Mm-hmm. This is okay. This is fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's okay. only, only one wrong, actually. Okay. Yeah, pretty good. Okay, fifth and last one. Lead on, mm-hmm. Macduff. That, yes, isn't it? I'm going to say yes. No, it is lay Fuck. on, Macduff. And damn be him who cries, hold enough. Yes, uh, <sighs> yes, it is lay on, Macduff. Okay. Um, Probably so, means the same thing, though. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Okay, I'm a bit quiet now. Uh, okay. 
Just because it means the same thing doesn't mean it is the same thing. Okay, okay? yes, fair, right, fair, yeah. fair, 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 okay. fair, fair, fair. Is this okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you've got three out of five. Thank you for playing this game, Etta. Okay, so we're reaching oh. the end of the episode. If you're listening properly, you've probably noticed that we didn't analyse Macbeth that much because generally I don't think it's that deep. Like, you could actually Google yeah. so many good, deeper, academic, you know, mm-hmm. adaptations or whatever. This was just mm-hmm. showing me to interrogate why we thought that we were taught it and the reason why we don't like yeah. how we were taught it and if it even should be taught in the first place. But the last questions mm-hmm. I have for you, Etta, are would you recommend this play? <laughs> like I usually um, do, would you recommend this book? The thing is, it's hard for me to separate it from GCSE because we went over it so much. But I think it's a, I like the plot. I think it's interesting. I like some of the speeches. Um, so I, I would recommend it. But at the same time, I wouldn't recommend it to be taught early on in school. I think if you're interested in it, don't read it for the hype. Don't read it for the, oh, I've read some Shakespeare. Read it because it's interesting to you. And then if it isn't, just put it aside. It's not a big deal. Just leave it. It's fine. Um, so, yeah, if you're interested in it, then go ahead. <laughs> yeah, good. Same I would, same that I would say as well. I feel like mm-hmm. for us, I mean, for a lot of people who have studied literature, you'd read that book for two years, three years, like, yeah over and over again to analyze it and there's a yeah. good chance that you would never read it again like i know for a fact that the good chance i will never go over macbeth again like i just won't mm-hmm. i wouldn't i don't know because i've analyzed it to death i more or less know the plot maybe when i'm mm-hmm. really old i'll get a new appreciation of it but i know it's not happening anytime in the near future and oh, definitely. maybe if you're someone else you'd come to this and read it and actually enjoy it because you just have you know no pressure to understand them just you're just doing yeah. it for pleasure yeah and how did the experience yeah. of being taught Macbeth change you if at all um I've kind of forgotten a lot of the lessons not gonna lie <laughs> or like what how what they even meant um I mean I guess they changed me in that they taught me to kind of really look for certain details and I maybe slightly understand how to look for how to look for those mark scheme points or Mm. how to find those features of a play that would have got me marks but that's actually a valuable skill for me not just because I do it as my degree but it means that I can read through a text and be able to pick it apart slightly more for things that would be interesting and like I because I study literature I genuinely do find those like mark scheme not mark scheme points but those mark scheme little techniques and symbols interesting um it's just that when you're taught that as in a class it becomes quite overwhelming so yeah I that's how it changed me I guess (laughs) that's interesting for me I'd say almost exactly the same but I think I also, Mm -hmm. also taught how to bullshit a lot like yeah oh definitely. there's always a rebuttal <laughs> if you need a rebuttal just find something whether you're grasping at the strings or something and you can write mm-hmm. it down write it well and you could still be respected <laughs> yeah that's exactly. essentially what i learned from it so the last thing i'd like you to do is to read malcolm's last soliloquy from the play we shall not spend a large expense of time before we reckon with your several loves and make us even with you. 
My thanes and kingsmen, henceforth be earls, the first that ever Scotland in such an honour named. What's more to do, which would be planted newly with the time, as calling home our exiled friends abroad that fled the snares of watchful tyranny, producing forth the cruel ministers of this dead butcher and his fiend-like queen, who, as tis thought, by self and violent hands took off her life. This, and what needful else that calls upon us, by the grace of grace, we will perform in measure, time and place. So, thanks to all at once, and to each one, whom we invite to see us crowned at Scone. <laughs> yeah, I was going to Scone, Scone. Yeah. Scone. Oh. I think Scone, because it rhymes. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, good Do you want to read that last bit, or is it? I okay? honestly don't give a shit. <laughs> Um, okay. thank, thank you, you very much for listening have a lovely day lovely life breathe well sleep well be happy healthy and hydrated adios